0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone and welcome to the real estate investor goddesses podcast. This is a podcast where we share stories and interviews with really amazing real estate investor goddesses, women who are killing it in real estate investment. And our guest today, Sarah May, is certainly no exception. She. What I love about her story is she was really able to get herself out of the rat race one very doable step at a time and if you ever feel like you're on a hamster wheel at work or you're just you're stuck in the rat race you don't know how to get out and Sarah's story will really inspire you. She while working as an aerospace engineer she began investing in real estate in her free time after hearing about the incredible financial and tax benefits it provides. She's a Passionate real estate investor who's been involved in flipping houses, owning and managing rental property, and most recently she put together a 100-unit apartment complex syndication with a group of investors. I, I first met Sarah, uh, I think, a year ago, January, at a syndication seminar, and it was both—you know—we were both just starting to get into syndication, and it's been really amazing to watch her um, explode since then so uh, – and she, she just did this 100-unit syndication, and even before that, she was able to leave her corporate career about a year ago to, um, to, re- to pursue apartment investing and to spend more time with her husband and her two-year-old son. She basically was able to escape the rat race. She created enough passive income that she did not need to work anymore, which is the goal, I think. Um, that's financial freedom. Uh, now when she's not looking at deals or rehabbing properties, she enjoys spending time with her family, playing tennis, and exploring the Colorado outdoors. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks, me. Great to be on. Thanks so much. Okay, so I always love to start at the beginning. And, you know, I, I said a little bit about how you started, but, you know, why did you get started in real estate investing? What what made you start Yeah, you know, so I kind of got the bug in
1: college, actually, and I was, you know, I was hitting the books hard. I was studying mechanical engineering and, you know, somehow went to a free real estate seminar put on by Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just Mm. what I learned in that free seminar about how real estate can provide you monthly income and be somewhat passive and you get the benefits of appreciation and um, lower taxes, and just kind of started reading everything I could get my hands on, going to as many seminars I could, I could go to, um, you know, obviously read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and kind of had my, mind, my mindset change from, you know, I really want to get a job and work the next 40 years um, in a cubicle to, you know, hey, let's leverage my future career to eventually invest in real estate. Um, so, you know, kind of continued educating myself for a while and then in 2011, that's when I got my first investment property, um, along with my husband, we were recently married and both very interested in real estate and did a fix and flip in 2011 in a, on a single family home and, you know, kind of learned that fix and flips were not for us after that experience, um. Mm. kind of saw that property that we sold appreciate and value significantly even if we had just held on to it a year. Um, so from that experience decided we wanted to be more buy and hold investors and um, went from there.
0: That's so great and I, I love that you started and you, you started learning in college and it's amazing that you got into this so young because a lot of people like me might have waited a little bit longer. Um, you know, I was in my 30s before I started investing. And um, so that was really amazing that you you learned about it and started too young. And so you, you, you flipped that first house and thought, oh, wait, I'd rather buy and hold. So what was the first property that you bought after that? Um, Yeah, so we kind of figured out that
1: we wanted to look at a property that, you know, just my husband Alex and I could purchase ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So we kind of set the goal to buy, you know, a two to four unit property uh, that needed minimal rehab, and that would uh, meet – kind of the 1% rule, uh, which a lot of people use, that just means you get monthly rental income equal to 1% of the purchase price. Um, And we just kind of set up alerts on the MLS to get notified when properties came on the market and ran across Mm -hmm. this one um, just that way. Like it was an MLS listing. Um, It was 2011. So the market was a little slow and
0: uh, great time to get started.
1: Yeah, in the description they said, you know, 12% cap rate, and we're kind of like, how has this not been snatched up already? It's been on the market a couple weeks, (laughs) um, because that's an awesome return, and went and saw the property, and, you know, at first we're like, you know, this is, you know, so simple and basic, like, this is boring, and then, you know, because we never bought a property before. So kind of slept on it and then realized it would be a perfect rental property. Like the place was indestructible. It was vinyl, you know, vinyl on the <laughs> floors, you know, vinyl trim, you know, indestructible wood cabinets from like the 60s. We're like, this, this is actually a perfect rental property. And um, so that was our first property and just kind of kept saving up for a down payment to, to buy the next one.
0: Okay. And there's, there's something that you just said that I, I want to highlight for people who are listening. You know, it's a lot of people think that they need to get a, an investment par- property that they would want to live in. Right. If that's like for you, you thought, wow, that's kind of boring looking, but it doesn't need to be a place that you'd want to live in. It needs to be a place that a tenant could live in and they won't <laughs> cause too much damage for you. And you know, yep. live, live where you want to live. And that's where the numbers make sense. So, and but that, that was a great insight that you got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you started, you you saved up, you got another one. And then and then you I I I've heard your story before and actually <laughs> wrote about your story in my new book, Real Estate Investor Goddess handbook, which is it's it's awesome. and one of the things I loved about your story is how you we're able to refinance and buy more. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. So one thing that's really helped,
1: um, helped us to build our portfolio is just this method of kind of buy, you know, rent, rehab if needed, and then refinance. So I don't know the exact cadence, but we would essentially – save up the down payment and buy two properties. Then we'd refinance one of them and buy another property and kind of just kept going, doing it that way. Um, So we've probably refinanced half of our properties at this point. We own 10 currently. And, you know, we've done nothing on our, you know, on our rental side. We really have done things very traditionally. We've gotten traditional bank financing. We've, bought most of the properties from the mls we've done traditional refinances to pull the money out and cycle that into the next property um so you know you don't have to learn the 101 methods of creative financing like some people and gurus will try to tell you you need to know before you do anything like you can really be a traditionalist and still make this business work um so yeah that was you know, the first, the first one, one or two are going to be tough because you'll have to save up that whole down payment. If you do it the traditional way, uh, you know, you'll have to make sacrifices, cut your expenses to save up. Um, but then once you get that momentum going and, you know, had properties a few years, they've appreciated and gained in value, you know, you can use that equity to buy your
0: next property. That's great. And the other nice thing about refinancing is that it is a, it's not a taxable event so you can pull out the cash and you don't have to pay taxes on it. And then you can buy another one. And that's really how you able to leverage. So you went and then you have 10, um, well, you have a lot more than 10 properties. So we'll, we'll talk yeah. about a little bit more about where you are now. Cause you know, those are the things that you did by yourself, by yourselves. you, um, you and mm-hmm. your husband, Alex, and now, um, you know, now where are you? Because then you started, um, you know, getting properties right. through syndication, right. right? Yep. So tell so, us a little bit about where you are now. With- so a couple of years ago, I uh,
1: ran across Ken McElroy's book, The ABCs of Real Estate Investing. And that was really the mm-hmm. first real estate book that I read out of reading hundreds of books that talked about this idea of working with a group of investors to buy larger commercial properties and essentially you know, split the, the profits from that property and never had even really heard about that before, but got really intrigued because um, of the business and financial aspects and the economies of scale of going into a larger apartment building as opposed to a two to four unit um, type property, which we had been doing. And so just kind of dove in, um, met you at the real estate guys syndication event um, last January and joined up with a mentoring program in Dallas that's um, hosted by Brad Sumrock and just you know got some great mentors and educated myself on syndication and once diving into that world just found a ton of people who are successful in that business so before Um, before I ever put together an apartment syndication myself, um, I actually invested passively in four other deals with investors that I knew. So, you know, one of them's a, you know, 40-acre, 400-acre resort property on Belize, which is kind of exciting, Um, a mobile Mm -hmm. home park, which has great returns, and then two apartment complexes in Dallas and um, Tulsa. So, Kind of across the board with the passive investments, and you know, after getting very comfortable doing that, um, wanted to dive into putting together a deal myself. So you know, Alex and me, along with our two partners, um, had been looking you know tenaciously here in Colorado for a while, and um, ended up finding a great property, um, getting a bunch of investors on board with us, and just close on the hundred-unit apartment deal um, in May. So it's been Yay. it's been a huge learning experience and a ton of fun and
0: yeah, just loving it every step of the way. That's so great. Uh, so you've really done the gamut in terms of real estate investment. You've done the smaller properties, um, you know, the one to four units. Mm-hmm. Your your larger properties. Offshore investing, mobile home park, uh, apartment building. (laughs) So you you've done a lot, um, you know, by yourself and then in the syndication realm. What do you, you know, what what are some of your likes and dislikes about you know those different types of investing? Yeah, great
1: question, and I know it's a popular debate: which one's better, multifamily or single family? Um, I think. One of the biggest benefits on about commercial property is just that you can control the value of that property much more directly than you can with mm-hmm. single family homes. So for a single family house and even up to four units, um the property is valued based on what similar properties are selling in the area. So you know if you' ever sold your house and the wielder talks to you and says, "Oh, well, comparable sales in the area are selling you know between." 100,000 and 120,000, and we think we should list yours for 120,000. That's the the approach that they use um, for single family and small multifamily. But with commercial buildings, you can actually determine, you have much more control over the value of your property because it's all based on the income that the property generates. So that's called net operating income. And so if you have ways to raise income, Raise revenue by, you know, raising rents, renovating the property, um, cutting expenses. You will directly impact what your property is worth. Um, so the higher that net operating income, the higher the value of the property. So I think that's a huge benefit. Um, there's also economies of scale, both for being able to hire a property manager. Um, you know, this 100-unit building, uh, it only takes one manager to manage the property. As opposed to if we had a hundred single family homes scattered around the you know metropolitan Denver area, you can imagine what a he- you know what a much bigger headache that would be to manage those properties um, same thing when it comes to tax time and professional book- bookkeeping <clears throat> apartments definitely have the um, uh, are a little better there and um, as far as residential though I think residential has a lot of benefits, especially for the newer investor. Um, For one, it's easier to understand, you know, people have lived in houses, you know, and apartments their whole life. Um, It's easier to understand how you would go about buying a property. Um, There's a lower, lower cost of entry. Um, And, you know, some people, when they're starting out, they want to self-manage and get that experience. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to self-manage a 100, 100-unit 100 apartment building if you've never done it before. No. Um, <laughs> so, that, so that's a big benefit. And then the other thing, you know, which I don't think it's talked about much, but it's easier to do a 1031 exchange with a property that you own 100% of the property. So if you own a single-family home and want to sell it and take those profits and buy a, you know, four-unit you can do that without a taxable event. But usually when you're doing a certification and have multiple partners, it's much harder to um, get the benefit of the 1031 exchange.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are all good points. Um, So um, going a little bit in a different direction, what has been your biggest challenge so far in real estate? Oh, man, you know, Uh, Some tenant issues in the
1: past um, have been challenging, but I think, you know, one thing that's just fresh in my mind is just the workload of our recent apartment acquisition. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it is a business, and as being a business, there's quite a lot of work involved just with, you know, initially the the underwriting the deal, getting the loan quote, negotiating the contract, doing all the physical. physical inspections, getting bids, you know, working with investors, et cetera. There's a lot of moving getting insurance, moving pieces. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I could list three dozen more things, but there's a lot yes. <laughs> a lot going on and you typically have, you know, only 60 days to get everything done before closing, so it's kind of a it's a marathon sprint for those 60 days. So that was definitely, you know, just a lot of work, but all went really smoothly. So that was, a you know, that was one challenge kind of in recent,
0: recent memory. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot, there's a lot to do when you are actively <laughs> yeah. syndicating, as opposed to when you are a passive syndicator, which is really nice, I know, getting invested nice. into a bigger property. <laughs> And the only thing you have to do is pretty much fill out a little bit of paperwork and, right, and send a wire money or send it right write it. I know. Um, much, and then wait for the returns to come weird. in. So for those of you who want yeah. to get into bigger properties and you don't necessarily want to do all that work, you can passively invest. Um, oh. All right, so a different question. What's, what, is, what is your biggest mistake so far what did you learn from it? Um, good question.
1: I, I think one, you know, one story I'll share is, you know, we had a triplex, actually still do have the triplex and just had some problem tenants in it, like had done several evictions. Um, one tenant went to prison, you know, the property just was not, it was not the best. It wasn't in the best area when we bought it. And so it was attracting these, um, you know, Not the best tenants, and it was also one of our earlier properties, so we maybe weren't running things as well as we should have. And ended up having an issue where one of the residents would get drunk frequently, and my husband would go out there, and this guy would like threaten Alex and and everything. And we were like, this is not a good situation. And you know, we talked about it at this point, we didn't have any. you know we were self-managing everything and kind of came up with this idea of oh well why don't we just turn it over to a property manager get us out of the picture and then essentially not not renew these tenants lease when it comes due in six months time Um, because we didn't want to be involved in you know that non-renewal period being since they knew we were the owners and anyways long story short, it went great we got the problem tenants out we remodeled the entire property Um, the area had now become trendy you know got much better renters in it and um, the property manager just made our life so much easier so you know I think sometimes it is helpful to to manage your property by yourself when you're first getting started but don't do it too long (laughs) at least unless you love property management so um, that was one mistake uh, we made, was just not getting third-party property management soon
0: enough. Um, I think it could have
1: yeah. saved us a lot of headaches um, when we were getting started.
0: Third property, third-party property managers uh, can be really great as long as you have the right property manager. Um, they do the right they, ones, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the right ones. Some are not uh, great. really can make your life so much easier. Um, yeah, but they. The, they have to be the right one. So, your property manager can make or break your property. So, make sure you get a good one. Um, all right. So, what are you most proud of? Um, you know, I think
1: none of this really would be possible without having such a great team and support structure um, around. I mentioned, uh, you know, Brad Sunrock's training program. Um, I have, have a great group of investors that are putting their faith in, in me and my co-sponsors for this apartment deal. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say it's been just me by any means. But at the same time, you know, it's, if you had told me a year ago I'd be purchasing a 100-unit apartment building, I would have thought that was crazy. You know, originally I was thinking a lot smaller, you know, start with like a 20-unit property and go from there. Um, But just over the course of the, you know, year and a half that I have been doing this, you know, just have been, I guess it just shows what a great team can do. So having a great mentor, finding some great business partners, Um, having access to a lot of people interested in multifamily who want to be investors. Um, So it's just been, it's been really exciting to see all the pieces come together and have this great team who has enabled me to, you know, exceed um, my expectations in this business and, um, you know, be successful. So, you know, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of sticking to it. um, This business can be challenging. And when I first got started, I thought, oh, we'll find a deal within two months and be under contract. Well, it really took a year. And analyzing 100 deals, putting in a dozen offers, you know, getting rejected a lot of times before ever getting a property. So, you know, just kind of Sticking to it, even when the times were tough,
0: um, I think that was a, mm. another thing that was um, that I'm proud of. Yeah, you should be. I'm proud of you. I've been I'm watching your funny. whole journey, and, and it's been <laughs> amazing to watch. Um, so one last question before we get into the trinities. What advice do you have for a woman just starting out? Or, you know, a different way of asking that is like, what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I would say know your investor
0: DNA. And, you know,
1: what I mean by that is just know what you want to do and what you like doing. Um, You'll find that one of the challenges when you get started is actually just narrowing down the possibilities in real estate and picking one or two things that you want to do. Um, yeah, when I first got started learning, I felt like I had to learn two dozen new careers before I could do anything. <laughs> you, know, you have to learn how to buy from the auction and do foreclosures and wholesales and lease options and all these other crazy things. Um, and it, the people who I was getting educated on, it, they made it seem like you had to know everything, which is not true. You know, it's great to know what options are out there and then focus on one or two things and um you know, just know, also know what fits your goals and your personality. So for me, yeah. I, I thought wholesaling sounded like a great a great business. You know, you could make some good quick cash when you're getting started. But for me, it's like I don't want to be walking into strangers' houses and talking to them about how I want to buy their home, especially if they're under duress and, you know, in a foreclosure situation. So for yeah. me, it's like, okay, I, I think that's a great – business model for somebody but it just is not for me um yeah you know same thing for you know mobile i talked to you about the mobile home park like i'm a passive investor in that um yeah the financial upside can be huge with mobile home parks but personally i didn't want to be the one putting the deal together and managing a mobile home park so you know i guess my advice would just be um figure out what you want to do um narrow it down and then set goals um SMART goals, I mean, I think everybody's heard of that. Um, specific, measurable, attainable, um, realistic, and time-bound. I think I got that right. Um, yeah. So, you know, for so an example, like when I was first starting out, my SMART goal was, you know, in the next 12 months, I'll buy a two- to four-unit property um, with three to four bedrooms per unit in the Denver metro area. That just requires a little fixing up and will provide at least – 1% of the purchase pi- price in monthly rents. I read that in case you can't tell, but you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's an example of a goal that that's you can perfect set, goal um, yeah. for yourself. And, um, and then, you know, just surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do and get a mentor, um, if at all possible.
0: So that's kind of what that's my awesome. recommendation would be. Great. So, so good. So, Sarah, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, how, do you how, what's a, how can they find out more about you and what you do? Sure. So my company is Regency
1: Investment Group, and you can find our website at www.regencyinvestmentgroup.com. And Regency is spelled R-E-G-E-N-C-Y, investmentgroup.com. And you can find our phone number and contact us through that. And I'm also on Facebook um, or LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. so, way right, so great. We, have, we have time for a quick trinity. So a trinity is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. So what are you celebrating right now? What's one brag?
1: Um, I would say I'm just, celebrating being able to live the life I want and do work that I find fulfilling and exciting. Um, It's a huge blessing to be able to do that and have, you know, left my corporate career to focus more on real estate and, you know, which gives me a flexible schedule and lets me spend more time at home with my son. So I know that's just really been great for me and
0: I'm excited about that. Awesome. Okay, well bragged. Uh, what's one thing you're grateful for? Oh, so that one, I have to say, family. Uh, that's
1: just been uh, a huge factor in everything. Um, you know, having my husband, Alex, who's so like minded as me and interested in real estate, is huge. Um, just having him as my support person and my brainstorming partner um mm-hmm. has made this business really fun um you know he's uh, my best friend and just so much fun and then also our our son who's two now he just makes us laugh um more than anything um <laughs> yeah having a two-year-old around the house it's never dull so definitely family no. thankful <laughs> for family
0: <laughs> no and finally the one thing you desire So this one I you know
1: i I feel very blessed with everything in life. Um, one thing that I think would be really cool in the future would be for Alex to join me in our full time real estate investing business, so he still works um his engineering job um, and really loves it, but it'd be great for him to have more free time and get to be real estate together so I think
0: that would be. Mm really fun well so shall it be or even better than you can imagine all right so thank you for that wonderful trinity thank you for that amazing interview such great information and such an inspiring story thank you so much for being here Um, and thanks to all the listeners for um, for joining us join us next week we're gonna have another incredible interview with another real estate investor goddess and uh, you want to get in touch with uh, Sarah, you have her contact information to get to find out more about real estate investor goddesses. Go to real and check out the real estate investor goddess handbook, which is now available on Amazon. Awesome. So have a great week and um, stay pleasured people. Bye.